So we are having uh, multiple moments of fun over these nine months, and today's focus of fun is to honor some lay people among us who have uh, made such an impact over time that it just seems really fitting at our 50th anniversary uh, to lift them up and, and to give them thanks. And so I want to invite Jeannie to come up and, um, I was gonna say help me, but really I'm helping her. <laughs> So, my dear, thank you again. And uh, the microphone is yours, and okay. give us a treat. Okay, well, before I introduce the three people that we are honoring, I um, just have to say it's with a sense of awe that we honor these laypersons that have given a combined 140 years of continuous loving service to God in this church. And I think that's something to be really blessed. Okay. All right, here goes our first one. On a Monday morning in 1978, both of our pastors, Al Ludington and Lee Truman, just happened to be in the office on their day off in their jeans and tennis shoes when a visitor walked in the door. Sometime later, she left the office. Carol Ames knew she had found the church that she and Steve had been looking for. It is difficult to wrap your head around how a wife, mother of two young daughters, Krista and Karen, and working as an ICU nurse at Los Robles Hospital could possibly serve in so many areas in her 41 years as a member of this church. For starters, she served as a worship chairperson for many years before switching to the music ministry, serving in the following areas. She was a member of three choirs, the Chancel Choir, Celebration Singers, and Handbells, even obtaining her bus driver's license and driving the entire bell choir to Sacramento for a concert. (laughs) She was co-chair of the music committee, making her an automatic member of the church council. And she's still on that council, too. A member of the Westlake Village Music Society for the last 27 years, working with Gloria, arranging two to four Sunday afternoon concerts per year. Administrative director of the Pizzazz Music Camp since its first year in 1993, coordinating every detail from the publicity to the final Friday night concert. Of course, being a nurse, Carol has been involved in the AED program, offering, publicizing, and coordinating first aid, CPR, and AED training classes. Since 2002, she has been our historian as communications coordinator, keeping us informed of events and articles in our monthly newsletter, as well as our church website, social media, and press releases. She is our unofficial photographer, camera always ready at events that have been included in the ministry pages of our pictorial directories throughout the years. Carol, thank you for all the hundreds of hours in preserving the memories of our church history. Carol. Waldo Emerson once wrote, the purpose of life is to be useful, to be honorable, 
to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. That certainly is true of our next honoree, a quiet, dedicated charter member, Leroy Friel, along with his wife, Millie, raised their two children, Tina and David, in this church. Before accepting the position of treasurer in 1973, Lee served as a trustee. Among his many tasks was one that he took up on himself, which was of driving into the valley, sometimes weekly, to have the broken above-ground sprinklers repaired due to the fact that people walking along Hampshire Road deliberately kicked the heads, breaking them off. When Lee accepted the position of treasurer three years later, everything was done on paper. His first computer was an H89 Heath kit with three very small disk drives, but no hard drive. Lee himself built the second one, another Heath kit with a small hard drive, finally upgrading to a commercial computer due to the growing number of accounts. Lee is still our treasurer today, quietly coming into the church office to check his mailbox for expense reimbursement requests or issuing staff paychecks. Thank you, Lee, for the thousands of checks you have written and for the integrity of the position that you have so lovingly given over the past 50 years. for the years of service to your church and God. Our third honoree, singer, songwriter, and pianist, Jane Chapman, began studying piano at the age of five. Her teacher was the organist at the Methodist Church. Throughout her high school years, she studied under a graduate of the Juilliard School of Music. In her years as a charter member, Jane has the honor of singing in chancel choir longer than anyone, 49 years to be exact. And for 20 of those years, she has accompanied the Melody Makers Choir, watching eager little souls learn the joy of music. In 1994, a collection of 16 anthems and songs for which Jane had written the lyrics were compiled in conjunction with our 25th anniversary and were a result of her combined passions for music and the written word. The most fun Jane said she's ever had serving the church has been the Fanny and Prunelli skits with her own sidekick, Pat Bevan, in the many Methodist Madness variety shows she chaired, along with Gloria, to bring crazy good fun, lots of laughter to all of us, and some helpful funds to the music program. Over the years, we all have enjoyed the perfect pitch trio of Jane, Gloria, and Susan. Whenever an anthem has required it, Jane has occasionally played flute to accompany chancel choir or the handbells. She has also filled in on the piano at our women's retreats. 1970, a coincidence? Don and Jane were awaiting the birth of their first child, Kirsten, just as they were taking part in the birth of a new church 
the church which Jane says has been their haven of faith ever since. Thank you, Jane, for the joy of music you have brought into all of our lives. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Jeannie. Recipients, uh, again, we thank you for your years of service to the church. Um, I think we know that these are things that you've done that you've enjoyed, but the fact that you've done them for the good of uh, all of us here and for the good of God uh, is particularly important. And uh, we thank you for what may, on some occasions, uh, been some sacrificial service on behalf of God and the church. Uh, you've been a blessing to all of us over these years, and as we honor them, we also think about, well, maybe, maybe we'll make this a tradition, and uh, each fall lift someone up who also has uh, made a, a major impact in the life of our church. That might be a, a nice thing to do. Well, blessings upon the three of you, and again, congratulations.
Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our first reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 4 through 7. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now there are variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are variety of services, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Our second reading is from Romans chapter 12, verse, verses 9 through 18. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This is God's word to God's people.
join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for this day, for this place, and for these people. For the fact that the church is not just a building, but a community of faith, of people who believe in you and come together to grow stronger in their understanding of how you have gifted each one of us individually so that we might piece those gifts together in ways that shine your light to the community. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's been weird to not be here for the last four weeks. Um, there's been days where I really wanted to be here. I was a little over ambitious and thinking that I might be able to get into a wheelchair and let my family push me here the Sunday that the bishop preached. And I probably could have done that, but I probably would have fallen asleep halfway through the service. Not because it wasn't entertaining. I've gotten three quarters of the way through the service on the uh, YouTube podcast, but I just haven't had a chance to watch the whole thing yet. And I just know that my energy level at that point was one where I was taking naps left and right. So it was probably a good idea that I wasn't here that Sunday. But, oh, Paul, thank you for all that you do, posting videos on Facebook and YouTube so that I can catch up, so that I can see the fishermen sing, so that I can see our chancel choir share their beautiful music on a regular basis, and even our melody makers, four voices strong, singing an amazing song. For that, I give thanks. This Sunday is all about the laity of the church, about how we celebrate our laity, how we recognize that the church is not the building, the church is not the pastors, the church is the people. This is the day that we get together and we remind ourselves of that. We remind ourselves that, that just because Pastor Waltz and I have degrees behind us and John has a degree behind us and that we have been hired by the church or by the annual conference to serve you, that does not diminish your ability and capacity to shine God's light in the world. If anything, we, instead of thinking of saying, I'm going to leave the hard work to the professionals, you should be looking at us going, they're the ones that have been trained to train us. They are basically our coaches that are providing us with the skills and the resources that we need so that we can discern how God is talking to us. Each of us individually living in the world in a way that shines God's light. Sometimes we look at ourselves, at least I did when I was a lay, lay person before I stepped into the role of clergy and went off to seminary and accepted my calling. I looked at myself as kind of the temporary person when the pastor was unavailable. I was the person that I, I don't have all the skills, I don't have all the gifts, I don't have all the graces, so I, I, I can't be the person that shines God's light. But the reality is, is that all of us have the ability to shine God's light. It's not because of the fact that I have this degree behind me that makes me God's minister to the world. It's actually our baptism that makes us God's minister to the world. It would have been great if we had a baptism today because then we could have tied it in perfectly. But um, we 
are called in our baptism to make a covenant, to share God's love, to shine God's light, and to live in the world in such a way that others experience God through us. We are all ministers. So when I was teaching the kids, here's the minister going upstairs, here's the minister saying your prayers, that's each and every one of us taking the time to be in in conversation with God about where God is calling us to next, what God is asking us to do. Now, each of us are in different places in our spiritual journey, and each of us say have different abilities that were given to us. That's what the first scripture was talking to us about this morning. I appreciate the varieties. I appreciate the fact that we each have different gifts and graces. In watching uh, Al Luddington's sermon from last week, I heard him talk about a Sunday school curriculum where they took puzzle pieces and wrote scripture on the puzzle pieces and invited them to put it together. What was ironic is is that puzzle pieces were already floating in my head, um, partly because we had a Facebook post that talked about how we live our faith, and it was a puzzle piece and how we fit into the puzzle. And I like the idea that we each have something that brings we each have a different representation and reflection of God within us. And when we come together as a group of people, we find the ways in which we fit together, the ways in which our abilities to tell stories, to be hospitable, to shine light, to share love, fit together in a way that create a beautiful puzzle a beautiful image that only is understood when we fit our gifts and graces together. We may understand our small, small little bit, but it's when we sit down and talk with each other to figure out how your musical gift goes along with your teaching gift and someone else's gift of organization so that it merges into something that is larger than we can be on our own. The church is the laity. The church is the people who use their gifts to live in the world in such a way that we truly represent God to others. And just because we don't have the right words, just because we think that we don't have all the training that we need, doesn't mean that we don't have the words that the person that we are interacting with needs to hear at a given moment. So the scripture that we read this morning, the Roman scripture, talks about do not claim to be wiser than you are. Sometimes when we are living in the world, we have this fear that we need to present ourselves as something other than we are. And the truth is, is that we don't need to do that. We need to be honest and authentic and genuine. And when something comes up, because sometimes things come up that we're like, that is lousy. And we have every right to tell the person, I don't have an answer for you. You know what? That is a really difficult place that you're in. And I don't have the answer, but I'm willing to walk with you on this journey. I'm willing to be with you. I'm willing to love you. I'm willing to support you along the way. As I was preparing for the sermon, I was rereading Romans 12. And I don't like to use the word hate. Um, so the scripture kind of w- was a bit of a stumbling block for me. So I was looking at it in different translations to see how it read. And I want to read you the translation from the message because I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. It says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. 
Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert masters, our servants to the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Instead, pray harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies, no cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got to get, if you've got it in you, get along with everybody. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. I, I, I just like that. I love the way that that reads about the fact that we're not supposed to be stuck up, that we're supposed to make friends with the nobody and try not to be the somebody. I, I, I think that there's great wisdom in this. This is a passage that teaches us how to live in the world, to shine our light, to remember that each and every one of us has the ability to be God's light to someone in need. It's not the people with the degrees that usually, or the people with the titles that usually someone turns to in a moment of crisis. They turn to their friends. They'll turn to you and say, how do I walk through this? And we'll be there to support you, but my guess is that they want to hear from you. They want to hear about your faith. They want to hear what's going on in your life and how God talks to you. And sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that's hard. But we need to live into that reality where we embrace that we have enough, that we are enough in ourselves and that God has something to say in and through us. And for that, I give thanks. I was watching Zootopia with my kids yesterday. I don't know how many people have seen Zootopia. It's a Disney movie uh, that came out probably about five or six years ago. I'm basing on that, on the age of my kids. And um, it's the story of a young, idealistic bunny named Judy Hopps, who lives in Bunnyborough and aspires to grow up and move to Zootopia where anyone can be anything and she has a desire to make the world a better place. And she is told over and over again, despite her ambition to be a police officer, that bunnies aren't police officers. You can't do that. You're supposed to leave that to the people who used to be predators. And she's like, I am going to be the first bunny cop and I'm going to make it happen. And she lives into that reality and she realizes that life is not as easy as she thought it was going to be. She had this idealistic vision of life and how she was going to make a world a better place. And then she realized that she hit a few bumps along the way. She took the time to grow, to learn, to make friends with unexpected people, namely Nick Wilde, a fox who was considered to be the, probably the nobody in, in that story. And she made friends with him and she learned from him things that she would not have learned otherwise. And as she was growing, as she was learning, she realized something very important. And she had the opportunity to speak to a group of friends and colleagues and she said this to them. She said, when I was a kid, 
I thought Zootopia was this perfect place where everybody got along and anyone could be anything. Turns out, real life is a bit more complicated than a slogan on a bumper sticker. Real life is messy. We all have limitations. We all make mistakes. Which means, hey, glass half full, we all have a lot in common. The more we try to understand one another, the more exceptional each of us will be. But we have to try. No matter what type of person you are, from the biggest ele elephant to the first fox, I implore you, try. Try to make the world a better place. Look inside yourself and recognize that change starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us. What I'm asking each and every one of us to do this day is to recognize that yes, we may have limitations, but our job is to try, to try to be God's light in the community, to try to be God's light in the world, so that as we live, we represent Christ to those that we encounter, so that as we move forward, we recognize that I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. The church is people, it's not a building. And as much as we take the time to make the facilities look great, if we are not living lives that make others want to know Jesus, then it doesn't matter how beautiful our facility looks. We need to take the time to make sure that our hearts are beautiful, that we're living out of love, and that we're representing God in such a way that others say, I need God in my life too. Amen.